Welcome to the Seek Forgiveness Podcast. Seek Forgiveness will launch Mental Health Ki Hunda here. A transformative translation guide that looks to explore and explain common mental health issues in a way that Sikh and Punjabi speaking communities can understand. If you'd like to find out more, please visit SikhForgiveness.com. If you're in the UK, you can purchase directly from the website. If you're looking to purchase internationally, please check out Amazon. Today we're joined by Hardeep, uh, a young individual based in Toronto. and She'll be sharing her journey with regards to her health condition, lymphedemia. So tell us a bit more about what lymphedemia is? Um, So thank you for having me, first of all. And lymphedema is basically a condition where there's a blockage in your lymphatic system. And that blockage um, results in fluid not draining out of your body properly or that that significant area that's impacted. So it's not draining out of that area. And that's what that's what results in some swelling. So usually, Um, it's more common in your legs. I'm kind of a rare um, case where I have it in my right arm. And um, yeah, that's basically what lymphedema is. It's swelling that impacts um, either one body part or a a few body parts. And when were you diagnosed with this condition? Um, I was diagnosed when I was six months old. Um, My parents noticed some swelling in my right arm and hand. And then they took me to the family doctor. And then the family doctor, he wasn't sure what it was, but he referred me to um, a children's hospital, sick kids hospital in Toronto. And shortly after that, I was diagnosed with uh, primary lymphedema. How did you find your childhood growing up with a health condition? Um, Was there any difficulties or did you experience any situations in in your childhood and then into your teenagers? Um, Yeah so growing up with this was really difficult so not a lot of people know what it is so that's kind of tricky because I should have mentioned before but there's two types of lymphedema there's primary which is primary is what I have Um, basically means you were born with it or it can show up in um, your teenage years sometimes, like it, it, it's always a defect in your body, but sometimes it shows up later. And that's primary lymphedema. Secondary lymphedema is way more common. That's when um, it's a result of, of uh, surgery. So if you, get, if you have cancer um, and they go in and they do surgery and they disrupt your lymph nodes or your lymph vessels in that area, that's how secondary lymphedema happens. So a lot of breast cancer, um, people who had breast cancer, they have lymphedema in their arm as a result of that cancer surgery. So just wanted to put that out there. But basically growing up with it, it's because it's so rare to be born with something like this. I had a really hard time. Like I, first of all, I didn't even understand what it was. (laughs) So I didn't know like what to say when people stared or looked or when kids asked like, what is that? Or like, I remember there was an instance where um, it was recess and I think I was probably like in grade two maybe. Um, And there was a girl that I was playing with but she was scared to like touch my hand. And I remember this, it like stuck in my head. Like she was so scared to touch my um, hand. And I used to, I wear a compression. I still wear a compression. So it's just like a glove 
that goes all the way from my fingers to my upper arm area. So yeah, it was really hard. I didn't, uh, I just didn't know what to say. Was that something that you experienced um, amongst like extended family as well? Yeah, so I feel like being South Asian, um, it's a weird topic. Like back when I was growing up, it's like when I don't know, it was a long time ago, but like 20, 25 years, like things are changing now, I think. But back then it was like a very taboo subject. Like, you know, I have like, no one ever said it to me, but it was like something like where I understood that I need to hide it because it's not like, um, it's not, it's not a good thing. That's, I guess I would put it that way. So I always felt like even extended family, like they kind of realized that I had this condition, but like no one really knew how to, how to talk about it or how to address it. And I think that's, that was a problem because like I would have, um, so like, you know, cause you're Sikh, um, we have, we believe in like reincarnation, right? So I would have people, like extended family or just random people in the South Asian community say to me like, oh, you like must have done something like in your last life and now you're paying for it. And I'm just like, as a kid, what are you supposed to do with that, right? Like, it's so like, not, it's such a negative thing to say. To, I think that's a yeah, sorry, I guess it's on. really, really hard to process as a young child as well, knowing yeah. that you've grown up, you're growing up with something that you don't actually understand. And then you're having, um, say, people you think who love you and should care for you saying such things yeah. that you don't have understand the concept of either, because you're still, I mean, in general, we're students of life anyway, and we're still learning, like, as you said, 20 years ago there is it was a taboo and to an extent some conditions some you know mental health and many other topics are still taboos and it's only like say individuals like ourselves who are generally breaking the mold and saying actually we should talk about it because we don't want kids who were like us to feel how we did and deal with such conversations as you've just mentioned um and yeah, I think when you're in an, um, from an, an ethnic community, they don't really understand the concept of the way um, conversations are um, communicated or processed for someone. Um, and to hear such things at such a young age must have been really um, impacting to your mental health. How did, how did that make you feel mentally and physically? Um, I think mentally it, it just, I think I was probably depressed for like a lot of my childhood. Um, because like, it's, there's so, there's so many elements to it, right? Like you're so confused, like, like you don't know as a kid, you just don't have that many resources either. So I didn't personally know anyone who had this condition, so that there was that factor that played into it. So I just felt like isolated. I felt alone. I felt like my life was just like, 
it didn't mean anything. Like I didn't have anything important to offer because I just have this condition. And I, and I, it was more than lymphedema. Like I, I have lymphedema, but also growing up, I was really sick all the time. So like I had, um, episodes where I was in the hospital for weeks and part of it is related to my lymphedema because my lymphatic system is just a mess <laughs> um but there were other aspects of it like I, I I wasn't growing um like the way I was supposed to grow my when I was eating I don't I still have this problem it's a malabsorption so when I eat it doesn't digest properly so I take a lot of supplements so yeah, like it was just mentally, it was exhausting. It was so exhausting. And I thought, I think back then I thought I'm never going to be happy. Like this is just, this is it. Like it's going to suck forever. And, and then I grew up and then I, you know, you, you, you have more resources you have, you can, you, you have role models you can look up to. Right. So it, it, it got better. It got better. But when I was younger, it was, it was really hard. Did you have any support like with regularly going to the hospital and obviously, you know, the regular checkups? Did like your health professionals or, you know, signpost you or provide you that support that you may have needed? Or did you speak to anybody about what you were going through? And do you mean like mentally how I felt? Mentally and physically. I mean, obviously, you know, with with um the community that you're very a part of and learning about your condition sometimes here like if you're going through a health condition you're signposted or provided like support for your mental and like um physical supports that you may need because obviously they impact each other you need both to be in balance to to work um so you're already struggling with your health physically but as you said you for you, during your childhood you were quite depressed so did you yeah. share that with family did you share that with your say your health professionals was that a conversation that was brought up when you used to see them no <laughs> I never talked about it oh wow yeah I didn't really talk about it no was that something that you were able to say mask yes it was really good at doing that <laughs> yeah I, I just never talked about it because I was like I, I don't feel like anyone's going to understand what I'm saying or where I'm coming from or what I what I'm experiencing and why I'm experiencing it and that's why I think now I'm so 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 grateful because there's other people I know who are going through the exact same thing and that's why this online lymphedema community that I am a part of is so important. Like, I feel like if you have any type of condition, it's so important to have a community because it, it just, it's so like, it's so helpful. If there was one thing that you would tell your younger self, what would it be? That it's going to be okay. That it's going to be okay. Seriously, like I would tell myself that I'm not going to like I'm not going to hide it eventually. I'm going to talk about it. I, If I could go back in time and tell my 10-year-old self that this is how I'm going to be today, I, oh my God, like I, I couldn't, I would never have envisioned myself doing something like this and being so open about something like this. But yeah, I would tell my younger self it's going to be okay. Do you think the fear and also because of the negativity from 
say family members um that prevented you from talking to anybody yeah I just felt like if family doesn't get it then how are other people gonna get it and that's I think that's a assumption that I shouldn't have made um because there are people who get it it's just I just felt like I just I don't know I just felt like that narrative that I I deserved this like I did something and I deserved this I just I I believed it for a long time so I just kind of made my peace with it I was like okay well this is what I'm being told and they must be right and I just left it at that and I kind of just believed that how has um your immediate family been with you throughout your your life journey really for physical and health um mental health um I think my parents were always really good with it they 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 didn't know what it was obviously but they they tried their best I think um they didn't have all the answers no one has all the answers but they're very like supportive and um I'm very lucky for that like I'm really appreciative of that I feel like I feel like when I was younger, they would, um, like when other people would ask them, like, what happened to my hand or what what's wrong with my arm? I think they did internalize that a lot. Because like, as a parent, you're, you just, you know, you don't want someone to look at your kid and like, look at that and just like, look at it in a negative light. Because it was always in a negative light when someone would ask them, like, what happened? to her arm and I would hear it (laughs) and then I would see how my parents like feel and react and then I internalize that too right so for for them I think they've tried their best and they've done like a good job handling I think also it's like parents generally are want to protect um, yeah and it it's difficult when someone comes straight in with the question but they also come in directly negatively as well I mean, as you mentioned, um, you know, um, extended family saying such things like, oh, you must have done something in your past life. Yeah. Like, well, I'm in this life. I don't know what I did in the past life or what happened in a past life. (laughs) Yeah, like, it's so not productive to say that to someone. (laughs) I can't do anything about it. (laughs) Like, I can't go back and fix the past. I can only change what's going to happen going forward. So... When did you make the decision of actually I want to raise awareness and I want to make this a normal conversation? Um, it's honestly so like random. I don't know. It just happened. So um, last year when COVID began, um, I I had a lot of time on my hands. I was at home and I was... I, I think one day, actually before COVID started, I was laying in bed and I just searched the hashtag lymphedema on Instagram. I don't know why it just came to me. I was like, oh, I should see if people are posting about this condition. And then I found one girl. Um, she's actually in the UK. And I messaged her. I actually started crying in bed because I was like, oh, my God, like, 
I'm not alone. This isn't just me. I'm not some freak. <laughs> like this isn't. And like, mind you, I I did work on my like confidence up to that level. Like I was at a good place. But I think when you see someone who looks like you for the first time in your life, <laughs> it's like, oh my god, it just did something to me. And I started crying. I messaged her, and she messaged me back. She's really nice. Found this other girl. Um, she's in Nova Scotia, messaged her. And I just, I think I was in shock for a while. And then I just saw like their pages and like they talk about everything openly. They post pictures with their, their arm or their leg showing and they don't care. And I was like, that's so cool. Like I want to do that one day. And I never thought I'd get to this point as quickly as I did. But the thing is when I found them, more people started finding me on Instagram who have this condition. And then I just had so much on my feed. I just had so many people that that were like me and they were posting all this stuff and they were like living their best life. And they were like, they were, they were happy. Like, I'm not sure if they're happy every day, but they were doing good, right? And I was like, okay, I wanna be a part of this. And I started posting about stuff a little bit more. And I got a little bit more comfortable and, and then, you know, it just kind of snowballed from that, but I never planned on doing this. It just kind of happened. And I think that's one of the key things, isn't it? It's like any win is small or big is so positively impactful for someone. And the importance of um, representation as well is that, as you said, when I saw there was someone like me, yeah. It makes all the difference and it's like a it's a it's like a sense of um overwhelming feelings just yeah. erupting inside you to say oh my god there's a me yeah. there is another person like me who I can ask all my questions to and see how they have felt and I think naturally as humans anyway we compare yes um, and until we don't find someone that we can relate to, we kind of internalize a lot of our feelings um, yeah. and a lot of what is going around us. As you said, you know, you watched your parents internalize it for you um, and you you could see how they tried to protect you and you kind of picked up on those, those traits as well. Um, yeah. But finding an online community, and I think I, I think that's one of the positive things to take away about social media is you can connect with people around the world. Yes, it's not been as easy as it would have been, say, fifteen years ago. Um, and I don't think people were that open even then on social on any form of platform, really. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> how? Has it impacted your um, abilities in day-to-day, -day, like work or um, like driving or any other skills? Um, so I do have like a restricted range of motion with this arm. Um, I can do everything. So I'm left-handed. I have it on my right hand an arm but I'm left-handed so that's okay that works out I don't think I had a choice <laughs> when I started writing I just had I kind of had to use this hand but it does it does get hard sometimes like so because of the extra weight that I have on one side of my body I'm a tiny person and like my my back and my neck hurt a lot um 
I try to do yoga. I, I stretch a lot. I use a medical device. It's like a pump and it just helps move the fluid out of my arm. It's a, an electric device that I use like laying down because it works best when I do that. Um, but yeah, it does like, it has affected, it does affect day-to-day -day life. Like I, it's a lifestyle, right? You have to, you have to make it work. So I have like a whole routine that I do. Um, I wear my compression. Yeah. Like I just feel restricted. I feel very restricted sometimes in terms of like, if I'm out, I'm like, okay, I have to go home and I have to use my pump because that's like the one thing that gives me um, relief from like the weight of the, of my arm. It can get very like heavy sometimes. And when you meet new people, um, do you, they still give you that? What is that feeling? And do you feel that form of like awkwardness around you when they speak to you or meet you? So I feel like it's it's interesting. I feel like when you are confident in who you are, people sense that and they treat you differently. I've noticed that. So like when I was younger, I was not, I was, oh my God, I had no confidence. So like the way people approached me and talked to me was very rude sometimes. Like they would, um, I remember in high school, my high school had an adult side as well, like an adult center. And these were older people and you'd expect like adults <laughs> to have more common yeah. sense. Like, I'm sorry. I just, I feel like I'm an adult now. And I'm like, I feel like I have common sense, but I don't know. Anyways, um, they would just stare or like, like they wouldn't even say hi. They would just come up and be like, what happened to your arm? And I was just like, I didn't know what to say. I literally did not know what to say. I was such a shy person. So I wouldn't say anything. But now um, people for the most part are very nice when they ask, they like, Sometimes they don't even ask. Like I met someone new the other day. Um, I was out with a friend and she ran into an old friend and they noticed it. I saw them look at it. I'm like very absurd. I don't know. It's like, it's, maybe it's a bad habit, but I always know where someone's eyes are going. And, um, he saw it, but he didn't say anything. And that's okay. I have no problem with someone asking, right? It's, it's all in how you ask, because there's been times when people have asked in such a rude way. And it's just like mind blowing to me. But I don't get awkward about it. Like I used to, I, I, I just tell them like, it's a condition, I have lymphedema. Um, and if they ask more questions, I'll tell them a little bit more. And if they don't, then they don't, right? But I don't have a problem being honest back in the day like years ago I would lie about it I would um because it kind of looks like I broke my arm kind of like because I have like a compression so I don't know people think it's like a cast I don't know but I would I would actually lie about that and be like yeah I just broke my arm because I don't want to talk about it yeah. so you know I've come a long way because it's a hard thing when someone's asking people are asking like all the time it's like I don't want to talk about it but now I've I've gotten better at it. I think it's also difficult as well, isn't it? It's like because it's a physical um, condition and say normal people, I say in quotations because yeah. I don't think there is such a thing as a normal people. Um, we're all different. We all have our own uniqueness to each other. But it's it's when you physically look different, generally individuals don't know what to focus on. Yeah. And I think 
there should be a way of learning to meet someone for them being a person than their disability or their health condition or their um, any visible or invisible differences. And I think it's it's hard for for people to approach that question. So if people were meeting you meeting you and um, didn't know how to approach the question, what would you say would be a great tip for them? I mean, I would love it if people would wait a little bit, but that's not always the case and I get it, that's okay. But like, yeah, that's something I struggled with actually. That's part of the reason I didn't want to talk about it before because I was like, people are just going to see my arm and they're just going to think about my arm. They're not going to see me for anything else. So now I get it, like people... I, I like I said, I wish people would do it the other way around, but that's not always the case. So what I would say is it's okay. Like you can ask, it's just the way you ask. Like it's just the way it's the way you ask. Yeah. <laughs> it makes it all the make difference. It, it does make a difference. And has there been any situations where have you have just said I'd rather not talk about it or um have you know used other coping mechanisms or phrases in order to deflect from the question? No, I, I'll usually answer it. Like I said, back when I was younger, I would lie about it. But now I just, I answer the question. Like, I honestly have no problem answering. It's just the way people ask. Like sometimes, like one time I was in a um, a drugstore and I was just in line minding my own business. And the guy in front of me, he saw my arm and he turned around and he was like, what the hell happened to your arm? And I was like, I don't even know what to do. I was just like, I don't even know you. Like, what's wrong with you? Like, I just, I don't know. Sometimes human beings really like, I feel like because I've grown up with this, I've seen like the side of humans that is not so um, kind. (laughs) And I'm like, I just don't get how your brain's working. Like, I don't get it. Like, do you not know how to talk to someone properly? Like, I don't. And yeah, so like, I, I, I also don't like when people stare, I should say that. Like, if you're going to ask, just ask, don't stare at someone. Oh my God, it's the worst. <laughs> it's like when they're actually not talking to you, but they're talking at another yeah. part of your body. And sometimes yeah. you have to say, I'm here. <laughs> like, are you talking to my arm? Or are you talking to me? Like, I'd rather, so yeah, like, I'd rather someone actually ask than stare. Because if you're just going to stare, you're going to make me uncomfortable. So just ask. It's okay. Just ask. Just ask. Have, have you me. ever said that to anybody who has been staring at your arm and just saying, yeah, this is what I have. Do you want to ask me any questions? I've never done that. No. I might do that one day because I feel like I get so awkward, especially around like brown people, because I don't know how to... I feel like with them, it's like, I don't know, maybe staring is a part of our culture. I don't even want to say that, but I've noticed. I think it may be, they're not used to seeing so many different things that could happen to, say, someone. I think that's just in yeah. general, like any f- visible, like disability or condition or, and I think that maybe also because like back in the day, everything was about physical um yeah yeah physical attraction or physical um how you look it's like so important yes very superficial not just the way you looked but the way you functioned as well especially from a female perspective as well is is it was like it's like going for an MOT is everything working 
yeah you know, it's like one of the questions I think most parents got asked for their child but yeah. seeing physically seeing um someone in in like with a disability or something with a compression it's like oh, okay so what is that like yeah as you said before is what's wrong with you what did you do and yeah maybe it was something in in uh, I think sometimes people don't just say it to the kids as well it's also a pressure on the parents of you know oh, maybe yeah. you did something in your past life that has now been transferred onto your child and stuff like that and these are all these are the taboo questions that could have come up yeah. um, have you not just from extended family have you attended any events or like weddings and things like that where people have made you feel uncomfortable or um do you have just been like why um I mean there's so many things that you have to attend in life <laughs> um but yeah there's always like instances right there's always like people that will there's there's so many different types of people in the world you're bound to run into them somewhere somehow but um I just have, I have so many examples. It's just like mostly staring and just like, just staring and not asking and then just staring some more. <laughs> I'm just like, I can tell you're looking at me. I can feel your energy and your eyes on me and my arm. Oh my God. I and mean, like that's, that's one of the things as well. You become more hypersensitive to the way people treat you. And <laughs> I suppose it's with, because you've grown up with it from as young as six months you know this best part of what 20 years um and it's like I've gone through everything that you're doing right now like the staring and the awkward non-questions you're asking me and the the corner of the eye look and (laughs) the secret talking or hiding your mouth sort of conversations it's like I've been there I know what you're doing and yeah I suppose as you said you've been able to train yourself and cope with situations like that and um not let it affect your well-being yes I suppose that's where it must have affected you during your childhood because you had no one to talk to and you felt that you couldn't talk to anybody so now having found a online community has that made you more confident and improved your abilities to share um your story and your journey and has your has your South Asian community supported you in that in that process um so finding the community online has been really 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 I think I think that was missing in my life and I definitely needed it and I am so happy that I found these people it's just, it makes a really big difference to see that people, like I have a pump, these people have a pump. Cause like most people I'll be like, oh, I have a pump. So they don't understand what that is, well, you know? And I, it's not their fault, but it's just nice to like have this group where we just, we all have to wear compressions and like, we all come from different walks of life. And I have like, I know people in like every corner of the world now it's like so cool um so yeah online lymphedema community I I love them all and I'm just so happy I met them um and the South Asian community has been like really really sweet like all my friends a lot of my friends are South Asian um and I've I've gotten messages from like 
people who are South Asian and they have other conditions. And they, they, they say that like, because I'm, I'm so open about my condition that I've inspired them to be more open about their condition. So it's been like really nice because I feel like I've connected with people, like-minded people, people who don't think that having a health condition or a disability is such a negative thing. I feel like that that narrative has shifted for me and now I'm shifting it for other people, which is so cool. Like when I get messages like that, I'm like, this is crazy. Cause like, I didn't even think I'd be someone who would make someone feel that way, but it's so cool. Cause it, it makes you feel, it makes you feel good. Right. Like you've had um, this additional purpose in life that you've been able to provide for somebody else. Um, yeah. That's amazing. I mean, it's, it's so great to hear your journey in the process from someone being able having to experience such negativity but also positivity throughout their life whether it be from health professionals or from close family members and it seems as though you've been able to build your own resiliency your confidence um and also your coping techniques in how to manage such scenarios um that may come up if you could share some light to someone who may be going through a similar condition or just struggling right now in sharing their journey or trying to find a community of their own what would you say um I think it takes time right like I've gotten messages from people who are newly diagnosed with lymphedema and they feel very depressed and they feel very alone and they, but, but for them, I'm, I'm like, you're so lucky because there's this, this media, like this outlet where you can connect with someone, right. Who is like you. So like, I feel like the first step is like finding a community, just go on Instagram or Facebook or anything and try to find, I don't know, do what I did, search the hashtag that you have a condition with. Right. And then hopefully you'll be able to find people like that because I feel like that's so like I don't I I can't like say it enough like how important it is to have have a community of people because I used to talk like I could talk about it with my sister I could talk about lymphedema with my sister my friends but no one gets it (laughs) no one gets it the way that someone who has it will get it and that's just the truth so I would say find a community and like it's gonna, it, it all works out in time. I feel like everyone has their own journey and like they, they have to go through things sometimes, but at the end, it all works out. So it's, it's find a community that's suited for you and that you feel yeah. comfortable with, right? Yes. What coping techniques or supports do you have in place to support you? Um... So I like to meditate. I feel like when I'm stressed out, I really like to meditate. It really helps me like calm down. Because sometimes like having a chronic illness, it's very mentally exhausting. (laughs) Because like there's, you know, you have added things that you have to do, like doctor's appointments. And like, I have to get measured for compressions all the time. And 
it's just so many things, right? That take a toll on you mentally. So like, I feel like if you have a chronic illness, you definitely need to like implement some stuff. So yeah, I like to meditate. Um, I like, I'm very big on like self-care. So like taking like, um, so I, I can't take baths with like hot water because I can't put my arm in hot water for extended amounts of time. It makes the swelling worse. So what I do is I take hot showers, but I leave my arm <laughs> to the side. So like that really helps. Like I, I feel like doing the small things, it's not the big things. It's the small things like taking a hot shower and just like doing a face mask and just like relaxing, like meditating, journaling, those kind of things I personally find very helpful. And like, sometimes I, I'm, I'm not good at this, but I, I try to like get out and take a walk and just like be in nature. I feel like that really helps. Have you ever um, had any like professional support or therapy or anything like that? No, I've never had that actually. I've thought about it, um, but I keep like putting it off. Um, but no, I haven't. Not yet. Do you think it's something that you would do if you were ready to? Oh, yeah. I've, I've talked to friends who have done it and they like highly recommend it. I think we all go through things in life that we need therapy for like no one's life is perfect right so no I have no issue with therapy I just I like I said I keep procrastinating and just like putting it off but I think it's um something that I definitely want to try I think it's also like when as you said you know when you have so many things to account for yeah like the the continuous going to the doctors and being on top of a chart or like a monthly checkup so even if you're on medication it's like and it's a weekly medication or a daily medication it's making sure you have them making sure you're monitoring them any side effects and I think this is one of the things that I've I've generally found with anyone who has a physical or a mental um, health condition is Dealing with the condition is one thing, but then even trying to maintain and monitor what you're going through is exhausting as well, because it's the constant change of, say, from a physical perspective, it's has your blood bloods change, has your, as you said, you need to get measured for compressions regularly, has yeah. your moods changed, or do you need to monitor them, make a list of them when you see your doctor the next time, and as, yeah. as you also mentioned, is like, when you go out with your friends it's you need to come home and you need to rest and you need to do the um your compressions again and rest and not everybody understands that I mean I I think I was having a conversation with a friend of you know how also within friend circles or when you are out with new people is the peer pressure of oh why do you need to do that yes and it's the it that's even exhausting when you have to go through the yeah I used to be really bad at that because I would give in and I would listen I because I just wanted to be like everyone else so like when I was younger I didn't wear my compression I didn't use my pump I didn't take care of myself and my arm was like really really big it was really swollen and it was really uncomfortable but I just wanted to fit in so I just you know I just did what everyone else did. Like I went out whenever I wanted to go out. I didn't, I had no self-care routine. And that's the thing. I think you have to realize like when you have a condition, 
unfortunately you're not like everyone else but that's okay who cares Mm -hmm. and it took me a long time to like get to that point where I was like yeah I I can't do that like I I think it's hard when you're still trying to figure yourself out as a person and you're kind of battling with everything that's changing anyway like friends circles um your growth as well as a teenager all the general things as a as an individual goes through um but then then right yeah and that's I think that's what it is with everybody is that even as an adult when you were saying I think I'm I think I class myself as an adult and I'm like that's something I would say I feel like like an adult because you've just continued to grow and and your circumstances change and you as as you say now you're more into self-care you're more into understanding what you need to do for your body whereas when you're a teenager you were like I don't want to do that oh yeah it was bad you look back and you think why didn't I just do what I was meant to do yeah but that's the thing I feel like you have to go through that there's no way around it I feel like you go through those things because then they make you stronger and then they just like a light bulb goes off in your head <laughs> later. I think generally like some things you have to learn by yourself, like as much as a parent yeah. or a guardian or a sibling can guide you. Yes. Some aspects in life where you have to learn by yourself and in your own time um, yeah. and take the journeys and the steps when you're ready to take them yeah. just as you know you just randomly thought actually I want to see if there is anything else out there and it's evolved into finding a community finding someone you can talk to and and just be like I'm not alone anymore and that's such a big thing especially mm-hmm. for someone who has maybe internalized a lot of feelings yeah um to then finally say I have someone may not be in the same city or the same country yeah there is someone and that makes all the difference Um, what are your what would you like to happen now that you're raising awareness around your health condition and what would you say to a community out there who don't know about lymphedema um what I want to happen is I just want people I want people to get more comfortable with talking about disability and just like any condition I just want people to like realize that like people who have these kind of conditions it's more than just lymphedema just any type of chronic condition where someone looks different than you I just want people to realize that like we're human, (laughs) we have the same, you know, struggles in life, we have the same interests, there's more to us, there's more to us than our condition. And that's what I, I try to show on my social media is that like, I, I have this condition, but I'm still like a, I'm still a regular person I still have like everything else that you know, I do in life or struggle with. So that's my goal. I just want people to see that like, we have this condition, you can ask us about it, and it's okay. And there's more to us. <laughs> so basically, your, your condition is not the definition of who you are. Yes, yes, it doesn't define us. It doesn't define anyone. Unless they um, let it. <laughs> Unless they let yes, it. Yes, yes, that's very true. And I think 
that comes with having the right people around you and the support um I mean even though your family and your sibling your sister didn't have the same feelings or same understanding you were able to talk to them and they were there for you the whole time yeah and learn with you as you did but they didn't feel the same way which that's what you found in your community um what are your next steps um I don't know. I don't know yet what my next steps are. I just feel like I'm. I found this purpose that I. I enjoy. Like I enjoy doing this. I don't know what the future holds. I feel like I didn't even plan on doing this, so I don't know how I got here. But I just know that I'm meant to like make people feel less alone in some ways and I feel like if I can do that for someone because I needed that and now I feel like if I can do that for someone I feel I feel happy and what else could you ask for in in such a difficult time in the world is happiness and I'm so grateful for you to do this podcast with Seek Forgiveness and share your journey and provide that hope and um, that space for individuals who are struggling with a health condition physically or in um, mentally everybody matters um, and I'm, I'm just thankful that today has happened and if anybody is struggling and is in need of support do get in touch with seek forgiveness or check out our um instagram or social media handles for further support um and we can definitely try and see what we can do in making you feel less alone in the current pandemic that we are going through and as Hadeep said as well, is you are not alone. Whether you're in the same country or halfway across the world, there is someone out there who you can relate to and there is a support. So again, thank you so much for joining me today. And um, we wish you well and lots of wishes and blessings for the future and what you wish to do. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. Honestly, I really appreciate you asking me to talk about lymphedema and hopefully reach a new audience of people so they just, they're just more aware of what it is. And I'm really happy um, that I was able to do this. So thank you.